welcome friend to Godly Voice Notes, a podcast which explores how we can live holy lives as ordinary people called to live extraordinarily in Christ Jesus. May this be a sacred space of informal and rich conversation in which we fearlessly address gritty issues with sincerity, fun and practical application. I hope that together we grow, question and pray on this journey deeper into our God-given faith and that through it we are equipped to become more God-fearing, spirit-hungry and biblically grounded. Welcome, this is part two on the topic of integrity with our guest Renee. If you'd like to, feel free to go back to last week's to catch up before you join us here. Thank you. So if you had to choose one Bible verse that best summarises integrity for you, and obviously there's a lot, like anyone listening, go and Google what does the Bible say about integrity. But Renee, tell me for you, what Bible verse do you think of? So the one that first sprang to my mind was Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And actually it's linked to a story that in first year of university, I was really, really stressed about exams. And I remember sitting at church one Sunday and I went to a wonderful church with great biblical preaching. But sometimes the sermons were longer than I thought was convenient for me as a very busy university student. (laughs) And as this sermon was nearing almost 45 minutes, and I know because I was checking my watch all the time, and I was like, oh no, these are minutes that I will be missing for revision. The preacher mentioned um, this verse, and it just completely pierced me. And it showed me that during Christian Union and church meetings, I had this Christian persona, but Mm. actually my heart um, and my treasure were all based in my identity as a student Mm. and as a good student. It really kind of put a mirror to me that who Mm. I hoped I was and what was the actual state of my mind that these two characters were not aligned so that's why this verse um, speaks of integrity to me yeah I find it helpful as well for a slightly different reason although I totally agree with what you've said in that I think sometimes we can think our financial life is very different from our spiritual life or our working week is very different to our god time on a sunday and actually this verse shows me that my heart and my money are both very linked Mm. and actually where i spend money where i spend time how i value my work how i speak to people at work all of that is part of my worship Mm. to god and it really matters to him and it should really matter to me how about you do you have any bible verses that speak of integrity to you Yeah, I think for me, the main one would be uh, the Jewish Shema. So um, from Deuteronomy, but it's also in each of the Gospels. So uh, from Luke 10, 27. So Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. And the reason I think that speaks to integrity is that it's saying each and every part of myself, I give to God and give to his kingdom building. And actually, it reminds me of the marriage vows. You know, all I am, I give to you. All I have, I share with you. That is how dedicated and committed our lives should be to God. Uh-huh. He, he should be able to 
be evident in each and every part of our lives, not just one part. Mm -hmm. So how can we apply this practically? What do you think are the practical applications of what we have talked about? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think we've already talked a lot about being willing to be angry about things that would anger God, about being the same person in all parts of our lives and giving all parts of our lives to God. But I also think we have to be careful to remember that being a person of integrity doesn't mean you're not flexible and doesn't mean you're not adaptive because we go through different seasons, we meet with different people and it's important that we speak to them differently and Jesus did that. So I think a lot of it is discerning and using prayer to invite the Holy Spirit into situations to allow you to use the values you have in God to adapt to the situation. Reading the Bible regularly, praying, all of those things help you to learn what it is to be a Christian um, in true and full identity. And I think the examples, the practical examples I see in the world are if you like move between cultures, there can sometimes feel like a pressure to change your identity or in languages as well. It's sometimes difficult to kind of feel that you're holding your integrity. I remember one friend uh, who's Latin American saying she feels like such a different person when she's speaking Spanish to when she's speaking English. And I found that pretty hard to come to terms with, but then I wonder if there's some wisdom in her adaptability. I know that you obviously have grown up in a different culture than you now live in and your mother tongue is different from the language you work and mainly socialize in have you had any situations like what I'm talking about I think so I think and this is general sweeping statement that people who are bilingual or who uh, live in a culture different from their birth culture often struggle with fully adjusting their emotional responses Mm. new language and this is coming from various uh, conversations with uh, friends who now live in the UK um, or in English-speaking countries and coming from different cultures. For example, for me, this is just a tiny example, but I left my um, home country when I was 16, when I came to the UK. Yeah. And since then has been probably my main time of growth in mm. my faith, and but also in my character and personality as an adult person. Mm. Um, and so the vocabulary that um, I have in my native language is kind of stunted at the level of a 16-year-old. Interesting. Um, because I must admit, I don't read books in my native language. I read newspaper articles, but mm -hmm. uh, my interactions in that language are now limited to a 10-minute conversation every day with my parents. Mm. Um, and so most of my complex thoughts and more complex emotions, my prayers are all in English. And so when I go back to my home country, I often notice that I am more impatient. And I think a lot of it is actually coming from trying to find the vocabulary yeah. that for my thoughts and express it. So um, it actually happens quite often that I have to use Google Translate to translate myself back to my parents because mm -hmm. I just don't have the vocabulary for my feelings in mm -hmm. that language. And it's almost like little children when they yeah. can't express their thoughts, they lash out and can hit their peer, peers or run away or start crying 
So um, I experience emotions very differently in my native language because I feel that I can't express them as well. Mm. <laughs> so this is probably not what you were thinking about um, with relation to faith and staying true. But I just feel that my relatives are probably getting a different um, experience of my character. Mm. Um, and it might not be always a favorable <laughs> Um, portrayal of who I hope to be. <laughs> no, it's, it's really interesting to hear because I studied in a French-speaking country for a year and I grew a lot in faith in that time, but I also completely relate to that feeling of not being able to express myself adequately, particularly when it came to spiritual matters. I just didn't have mm. any vocabulary because I'd never been to a church. I remember Googling, sat in church in the third week, Googling this word they kept saying. I was like, what is this word? And it was sin. And it's because I'd only ever spoken social French in a secular family and they'd never obviously mentioned the word sin. But because of that, what I found was that when I tried to explain my faith to people in French or when I tried to pray in French, I was reduced to being a child. And actually, yeah. some really pure things came out of that. And I just explained Jesus in a really basic way. I wasn't using all the cliche language, you know, that I've described mm. Jesus and my faith to people a million times before. I remember using the word, uh, like the expression, like, j'ai soif, which means like, I have a, I had a thirst. And I'm like, I've never said that in English, that I had a thirst for something, you know, but explains so well my longing for God that I didn't know at the time. And yeah, I think there's pros and cons to kind of, as you say, being disarmed by language. Mm, yeah. So you said earlier that you feel that integrity is something that's often born out of times of adversity. And that it's really important to explain that your different way of acting comes from your faith. Do you have any examples of a time where perhaps you've had a challenge through which your integrity has shined? Yes. Um, and I think the challenge was actually me. <laughs> so <laughs> for the past few years um, during the stage of work I was at, I was living with a group of colleagues. And again, thinking about language and culture, I find it that in um, English, my humor is very different to my humor in Slovakian. And I'm a very sarcastic person yeah. in this language. And that occasionally gets me into trouble, very deservedly. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my very close friends that um, I was living with, uh, one of my housemates, their uh, reactions to uh, my humor could sometimes be um, slightly unpredictable. Sometimes um, it was brushed off as just a joke, whereas other times I probably cut a bit, a bit too deep. Mm. And um, during one of those moments, this person um, got quite angry with me, but not okay. outwardly, more the scary, quiet anger of trying to avoid me. And mm. uh, that made me realize that I overstepped a line. Right. And after we talked about it um, and this person explained which part of my joking hurt them. I apologize but it really got me thinking more about how I use my humor and what am I trying to achieve with that, mm. um, whose approval am I trying to win and um, whether a few laughs are worth hurting someone and the mm. answer is always no but <laughs> unfortunately I still have um, 
a lot of growth um, in this way um, in front of me. And at that time, I ended up writing them a letter and explaining that I'm really, really sorry about mm. my behavior. Um, and I'm sorry that I heard them. Uh, but also, um, I'm sorry because it didn't portray the character that I was hoping to grow into in, in my faith in Jesus. Mm. Um, and um, this friend is a non-Christian, but they really appreciated it. Um, and yeah. I think our friendship grew stronger. Um, mm. And it also gave me more awareness of how deeply flawed I am. Um, <laughs> not that I needed more awareness of that, but yes. And no, uh, that saying sorry can sometimes be really difficult, but actually um, and a moment when we can show that, look, I'm a very imperfect person. Yeah. I'm so sorry I hurt you. And this is not who I want to be in Jesus. Mm. This is not reflective of Jesus's character. And yeah, again, I'm sorry. That's so powerful that you shared. I think it's really hard sometimes to explain why you're so upset by it. It's not just, oh, I was mean to you. It's like, actually, I've let God down here. And actually mm. expressing that to someone so powerful. I remember a housemate who we went through a lot in the year we lived together. And she said to me towards the end of the year, she said, do you know what? It's actually been really good living with you because I always thought you were like this perfect Christian person. She wasn't a Christian. She said, I've always thought you were this like perfect Christian person. Actually, now I realise that you really struggle with stuff as well and you have flaws as well. And obviously that's hard to hear. But part of me was like, yeah, I am really flawed. <laughs> and people do need to know that. And let's not let's not try and show ourselves to be perfect because it's not helpful mm. for people. Yeah. And, and also I, we don't have to be. Yeah. Jesus was the perfect one. And we <laughs> Amen. can have the freedom to say, look, I am really broken. <laughs> Amen. And um, yeah, I really need Jesus. Yeah. And the other thing your story makes me think about is I really struggle with like the banter culture in UK culture where mm. basically, I don't know about you, but I often find myself in a situation where people are outright ridiculing each other in a way that actually could be quite hurtful. And, you know, it's all covered mm. by this word like, oh, well, it's only banter. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And I find it really hard because there's some banter, in inverted commas, which I, I don't think is very painful. And I think with the right people, it can be actually quite endearing. But actually, some of it can be really toxic. And this it's just all covered mm. over by this one word, like, oh, it's only banter. And if you're not wanting to get involved, you're a killjoy. And sometimes mm. I find that a hard thing to be the killjoy and be like, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not getting involved in this. I'm not getting involved in gossip. I'm not getting involved in toxic yeah. banter and it's finding that line and like Daniel saying I'm not eating the meat you know there were certain things where he just said no to mm -hmm. yeah great well it's been such a pleasure speaking to you today um I know that perhaps in your humility you didn't feel like you were super qualified to talk on this topic but actually I think you've had so much to share and we really appreciate you being honest about some difficult times um that you've had and I hope that people have learned as much from that as I have just wondering if you'd be willing to pray over our listeners and uh for us to take away whatever it is that God wants to speak to us today from this conversation I'd be happy to <laughs> heavenly father thank you so much that um we can have this time together to encourage each other to um learn from each other and 
to point each other more towards you and towards your perfect character. Um, Lord, thank you that um, even in our brokenness, um, you are the perfect one. You are the one um, who makes us whole and um, we can um, be made whole only through what you did in Jesus. Mm. Um, and Lord, I pray that um, for everyone who is listening listening to this, um, that um, we um, continue being challenged uh, by um, the examples of integrity that we see in the yes. Bible. Um, Lord, I pray that you give us courage and boldness, but also discernment, discernment to um, speak in the current culture and to um, speak for um, what is on your heart, Lord. Um, I pray for um, everyone who is acting um, in um, their sphere and speaking out for you that um, we will be doing it wisely and we will be giving the glory to you, Lord, uh, and not taking it for ourselves. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me for this podcast today. I pray you've been inspired, encouraged and challenged. If so, please subscribe to the podcast and tune in next week for a brand new episode. Also, if you know anyone else who you think would find it useful, then please share this with friends, families and your church groups. Feel free to contact us with any topic ideas or if you feel inspired to come on as a guest. Most importantly, go out this week and shine like stars for the Lord. Thank you.